How we doing, everybody? Welcome into a very special edition of Final Whistle. I'm here with Anthony Madel, who is a production assistant with the NBA. He's also a very close friend of mine. So he took some time out of his day to come on and talk uh, about his experiences with the NBA as well. He was also one that was in the NBA bubble. So we're going to get some ideas of what he thought that how that went. Anthony, thanks for taking some time out of your evening to talk with me today. Yeah, man. I always have to be here. Anything big baller Blaine, this stuff is good. And the final whistle is good. So happy to be here. We don't want big baller Blaine to be trending on social media at any moment. All right, everyone. The real BBB. There you go. <laughs> big baller Brandon will be coming at me real quick. <laughs> anyway, uh, Anthony, just for people who don't know, just give me a quick rundown of uh, what you do for the NBA exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Like since I joined the NBA, uh, I joined part time actually. Uh, in the basketball ops group. So I started out uh, helping track statistics. So every single night I would go in, there's there's the replay center and then right next door, uh, no one really knows about it, but there's the game ops center. Everyone sees the replay center on TV, thinks that's the only one in, in the building, you know? But so right next door is the game ops center where we basically communicate with the statisticians. So I'm watching the game. I have like 17 different angles or whatever, and I can kind of stat check everything going on um, and like catch different assists or rebounds, whatever it is. Uh, so from there, I moved up into kind of like a library, almost like historian role, uh, like helping people within get footage, um, like for certain editors or whatever they need. Um, then, like I said, it changed a lot. So then um, my role changed and I started helping with the Phantom camera, which is like the super slow motion camera you've probably seen on Twitter or Instagram. Um, and that was a ton of fun. Like last season was amazing. I was traveling from game to game. So before COVID hit, actually, my last my last time on the road was uh, I flew out to Dallas. I did a Mavericks game. I woke up, drove to Houston, got a rental car, drove to Houston, did a Rockets game and woke up and uh, flew to New Orleans and did a New Orleans game. Then I, I'll never forget it. Then like two days later, I get home and COVID basically broke out and very quickly our offices closed down. And um, I've done a few games locally this season. Uh, like I've done Knicks, Barclays and Wells Fargo. But uh, right now my role has kind of changed and uh, I'm basically all in on like the Google Sheets kind of project management. So helping people kind of like manage their own projects in the most efficient way. So right now, like I'm helping with um, like organizing our international partners and like how we handle those broadcasts and even like helping with when our own employees get COVID tests. Um, because obviously, as you know, but anyone probably blame like right now, the, the testing requirements to get in a building for an NBA game are pretty like, it's tough, you know, like they want to, they're doing an amazing job. Like they want to protect everyone and, make sure if you enter that building, like you're good. Um, so I appreciate that. But so that's kind of what I'm doing now. And uh, like I said, I'm not really on the road as much, basically focused on the Google Sheet stuff more, but uh, it's fun and I've, I've no complaints. It's a, it's a fun place to be. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that sounds like a dream, honestly, working for the NBA. <laughs> no, seriously though. Uh, can, so what is, you, what is the testing like now at the moment for you? Like you said, you had to attend some Knicks, uh, Barclays, as well as Wells Fargo. Is the te how, what is the testing like right now? Yeah, so it's kind of all over the place. I can't even tell you the exact requirements because every team kind of has – they do things a little differently because uh, depending on who they are, um, they might have stricter requirements to whatnot. But 
basically, uh, the short answer is that we're getting tested often, uh, whether it's two days before a game and then the same day or like two days before the game, a day before the game and then game day um, or whatever it is. Uh, like they're making sure if we go in that building, like we're, we're safe. So ultimately the goal is to play games and not have to postpone these that, you know, obviously everyone's seeing in the news. So uh, yeah, but it's great. I mean, they've, they've been really accommodating. We can get tested usually at our office because if anyone's going in the office right now, they have to get tested in order to go in there. Um, or you can get tested at the arena depending on like the requirements. So uh, they make it, they make it very accommodating for us sure yeah no i i believe it that's crazy it's still, it's still wild though that how often you guys got to get tested even though yeah. you're not even playing in the game just to even get into the building oh, yeah. to work the game yeah it's not absolutely. Absurd. yeah absolutely absurd but i want to jump to last season because i know you were one of the few <laughs> that were selected to go uh into the bubble down in uh florida just give me the overall uh perspective that you got being in the bubble, how the NBA thinks, I believe it, is, it was success. I think the NBA believes it was success. What was, what was your overall impression of it? Yeah, man, it was uh, definitely something, I mean, I'll never forget it. That's, that's the, that's easy to say. Um, I learned a ton while I was down there, met so many amazing people because really like, you know, we know each other very well, uh, mostly because we went to school together. Like I felt like I was on a college campus again, you know, like, it, that's that's kind of the vibe it was almost like a summer camp except the campers aren't you know eighth grade kids coming to play the basketball courts it's LeBron James and and all these other guys um but overall man it was so much fun like we were working a lot uh, especially my department just because we help manage any footage that goes on so like if a camera guy gets done at 12 you know midnight uh he gets done filming like post game and everything then we're the ones who stay and have to back that up and like do everything with that. Um, and I was doing a lot of phantom camera stuff out there, but when we weren't working, man, it was, it was so much fun. Like we played a lot of pickleball. I don't know if you've seen for anyone listening, you have to go Google uh, like pickleball in the NBA bubble. The referees played like every day. Uh, Scott Foster's out there, you know, chalking the lines like early um, played so much like hang by the pool um, I mean, I would ride my bike. They, there were the two restaurants on campus. So we'd go there all the time, but like, you know, you're riding your bike and you see literally LeBron James and these guys right next to you. And obviously it's cool because everyone there, it's different than walking down Los Angeles. Like we're all there for a reason. So we respect that, you know, LeBron is eating with his family. Like he might be right next to me, but I'm not going to like, no one's bothering anyone to ask for autographs. Like, you'll say hello, you know, like, say, how's it going? Like, I had some casual conversations with some guys while I was out there. Um, one actually being probably, I don't want to say the, one of the, one of the best moments that I had. Um, and as you know, I'm from Wildwood, New Jersey. So uh, Frank Vogel actually graduated from my high school. Uh, and while I was out there, uh, super lucky, we kind of brushed shoulders and, um, we talked for a little bit and it was just amazing. Like told him I was from Wawa high and that, you know, everyone down there looks up to him and I actually have a, it's funny. I have a picture with him. I might've shown you this, but uh, when I was in first grade, a friend and a friend and me uh, were in the newspaper with Frank Vogel when he was a video coordinator for the Sixers uh, because he was, he was working the camp. It was like a Sixers camp buckets by the beach in my hometown. And so I showed him that picture. He's like, Oh shit, man, that's the Crest pier. Like he's, 
he's just a phenomenal guy. Like he was obviously in the beginning, we talked like five minutes probably, but early on he was very professional, like, you know, but very quickly once I saw us from Waldo, it was almost like he like let his guard down. He was just another kid from the beach, you know, it was, yeah. it was truly amazing. So, but yeah, man, the bubble, like uh, tons of pickleball, like tons of basketball, um, Overall, it was just it was just awesome, man. I loved it. The food was amazing. Anyone who says the food wasn't that good, like I had a completely different experience. That was probably that's actually the one thing I I like might miss a little bit because I would show up and the food like I could have as much as I want. It was so good. Like we had a laundry service out there, so I would drop off my laundry and they would uh they would take it and like do it, fold it, put it back on my doorknob. Um, the quarantine. The one thing I will say though is what. People don't, people don't get, uh, is, so I went down just for playoffs and finals. So like, it was a little, it was about two months. Um, but my first week there was actually when everything with the protests were going on. Um, and so I think it was Wednesday, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. We're in the hotel room. We're still quarantined. So like the first week when we got there, we had to quarantine entirely. Um, so that meant literally could not leave the room. So like they would bring our meals to us knock put it outside the door when they walked away i'd open the door take the bag go in and eat literally could not leave the room for the first six days or whatever it was seven days which i actually i liked i didn't mind doing that at all a lot of people didn't like that um i had a good time i, I kept myself entertained <laughs> but um but so yeah so everything was going on and you know a few of us are thinking like yo the league we might not this might not happen. Like we didn't even get out of quarantine and we might be heading home tomorrow. Like that's how, that's kind of the vibe it was like, just to be honest like that, it felt like that's the way things were going. And fortunately, uh, like we talked about, like it all worked out and I definitely a hundred percent think the bubble was a success. Like, I mean, what, what the league was able to accomplish is just like, it's crazy. And I mean, we saved so many people jobs and the money we made back and everything is just like, it couldn't have gone better, uh, like not having positive tests and like the way they did everything. Cause we, I mean, we had the mask on, you know, 18 hours of the day. Like basically when you weren't sleeping, you had the mask on um, everywhere you went, we had the magic band. So we would swipe in, uh, test it every single day, uh, like show up, get tested. That's all part of the routine. Like if you didn't get tested, there was big trouble, you know? So uh, I made sure never to miss a test, but yeah, man, honestly, one, like a once in a lifetime experience for sure. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. So I, I know you just talked about Frank Vogel. Was he the best one that you conversation that you were able to have with? Or was there any players that you were able to have uh, a conversation with? I have, I have a very funny story. Um, like I said, the bubble was something I'll never forget. So Frank Vogel, I'll say, speaking with him was my probably the most memorable conversation I might honestly might ever have just because of like the connection like Wildwood like his cousins actually was my English teacher believe it or not so oh, like so it was going island. full circle for you oh it, it was unbelievable like his his cousin was my English teacher his they we retired his jersey um he actually came back and visited Wildwood High the year after I graduated uh so I didn't get to see him but like He's around, like, like I said, he played D3 and we retired his jersey. He actually went on to be a manager after one year D3, kind of like similar. Yeah. But um, I actually had a very small conversation with LeBron James, um, which is another thing. Most people actually find this story to be more interesting, but because of who Frank Vogel was for me, yeah. uh, that was that was very special. But 
it's kind of funny. Uh, so there was the barbershop on campus, right? And I remember I was supposed to get my haircut at nine at night. Uh, obviously, like I said, work schedules were crazy. So like we were either, like it was hard. Um, so I'm going to the barbershop. It was in the player's hotel. Uh, so like we had our own hotel. I, I actually think maybe some employees stayed there. I don't really know exactly how it broke down, but majority players. So me, like I kind of stayed away. Like I don't want any reason to like, God forbid I had COVID. Like I'm not going to be the one to bring down the bubble and Stephen A is going to yeah. be talking about this, this random kid from Lado that he, he ruined everything. So like, we're all as safe as possible. Like literally like doing everything right. Uh, especially in my department. Like I don't think we could have done anything better, but so I get done a little early. My appointment was at nine. Uh, it's like eight 40. And so I call no one answers. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Like, I was going to see if they could take me a little early. I think it was like eight 30 actually. Um, so I just walk over and actually I probably biked over. I biked a lot out there because we could, we could basically rent a bike for free every single day and just mm -hmm. drive around the campus. Like that's how I got everywhere was on bicycle. So bike over. And, uh, I remember I knock on the door and I'm like, Hey man, like I'm supposed to have a nine o'clock appointment. Like I got done early. I've, I'll just wait. Like it's no rush, whatever. And he kind of like looks back and I was like, uh, this is, this is like weird. And he was like, no, nah, you're good. Like come in. I walk in and so it's, it's in a hotel room. So it's literally two chairs, like two barbershop chairs. Mm -hmm. And I walk in and uh, the first chair is empty. And on the second chair is LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and sitting right next to him was randy who you probably know i don't know exactly what his title but you know like a lifelong friend of his so i walk in lebron james um i think it was savage mode was blasting on the speakers uh i don't say anything you know i just kind of like i if he would have looked at me i would have like gave him like nod or something but he's looking forward so i just like you know go to my seat uh i start getting my hair cut midway through my haircut he gets done and he uh it's funny, man. So he gets done and he starts that like he dapped up the other guys, like the guy who cut his hair. He says bye to Randy because Randy actually was getting his hair cut after. So then Randy moved into his seat. And uh, so he daps everyone up. And I guess it was his speaker. And I should say he had a huge glass of wine in his hand this whole time, too, which was amazing. But he uh, so he gets a speaker. He turns down like, thanks, everyone. Super, super nice guy. Like, like just phenomenal. And uh so he's saying bye to everyone and he walks right by me. And I'm like, in my head, I'm just like, you know, he's in a really good mood. Like this is very casual. I, I kind of want to say hello. Um, and so I think it was, it was savage mode or something like the, the music he was playing. And I was just like, yo, LeBron, like I was feeling the tunes, man. You're taking the speaker, like joking around. <laughs> and uh, he was like, what do you say? He was like, uh, he was like, oh man, like I would leave it for you, but I kind of need this tonight. And he like cracked it, like he smiled and he laughed and, uh, and he was like, have a good one fellas. And he walked out and that, that was it. That's the whole yeah. story. But it's something like, I'll just never forget. Like it, it's one of those things where like in my old job, um, I worked with a lot of football players, one on like one-on-one and, but it was like, like Chandler Hackenberg or like, I think that's even, I don't remember, but uh, like a lot of like Jets quarterbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, you know, when you get a feeling of a guy that's just like, like I'm, I'm not starstruck often. Um, and LeBron, he just has that charisma around him where you're just, you kind of have to stop for a second and be like, wow, that, that was LeBron James. Like that was like, there's just that like feeling around him. Uh, and like I said, and this is coming from me who's, 
typically like a Kobe guy, you know, like I like LeBron. I like all players, but like growing up, I was a big Kobe fan, but like LeBron as a human being, I mean, like it was just awesome, man. I actually have, I have this bubble. I should have showed you this. So this is actually a, uh, like a bubble memorabilia. It's kind of hard to see, but basically. Yeah. That's, that's awesome though. It has like the 22 teams. Those things, there's a story with that, but so those things, there was a real small gift shop and uh, mm-hmm. basically those signs were going like like that to the point where people would ask me if I can like grab them one um, because they were just going so fast because I don't even know if you can get those. Like, I don't think they sold those anywhere else. Yeah. Um, so I'm fortunate, like I got one. It was pretty expensive, actually. I think it's like 80 bucks, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, you know, one time uh, I want to have something. So, but yeah, man, that those were, those were honestly probably the only two stories that like, those are the two that I think of um, aside from like people in passing. Like, I remember I rode my bike by Dwight Howard one time, really friendly guy. Like, I don't care what the internet says about Dwight Howard. That guy's an awesome guy. Uh, just super nice, like friendly, outgoing. So yeah, man. I got, fun. I got to ask though, what was your initial reaction when you see LeBron James in the other chair? What's go? What's, what is go? Are you freaking <laughs> like, is that, you know, I think I tried to. I think I tried to play it so cool that, that it probably wasn't cool. At all. You were Thankfully, like, oh, shit, shit. Exactly, exactly. I was like, oh shit, you know. But I was definitely like, I just, I was in like disbelief, like because I walked in, I never expected, like I would have never expected. But like in hindsight, it makes sense that, like you know, they didn't answer the phone, and when I walked in, they were a little standoffish about me coming in early. But me, I was just like. Yo, man, I, I can wait. Like, I like yeah. I didn't know LeBron was in that chair. I just figured, like, someone else was getting a haircut and I'm early, so I'll wait. But, uh, yeah, when I first walked in, I just remember being, like, am I – like, I actually had the – my first thought was, like, am I supposed to be here? Like, am I am I allowed to be, like, in this room? And uh, I was like, yo, I'm just getting my haircut like anyone else. Like, you know, like, yeah, there anything wrong. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy, though, man. Just super nice guy. Like, you can tell just by the way he – treated the the people cutting his hair like he just seems like super genuine um like i said it was a, a two-second conversation but it's one i'll never forget <laughs> i'm mesmerized right now i really i got no words yeah. <laughs> but, but still that's that's absolutely awesome just like being able to be in the bubble and like were, were you there the entire time till they crowned the champion so I was there when they crowned a champion. I came late. So I, I arrived uh, a little before playoffs started. Um, then I stayed till the day after finals, which was actually pretty nuts. So like we stayed up the whole night, like my, my department, like I said, we're the last ones done usually. So mm-hmm. uh, the game finishes and obviously you have all the post-game locker celebration, all the, the photo portraits of the players, with photo, like the trophy. And then um, by the time we backed everything up and then we had to break down because obviously now everything's getting sent back to New Jersey. So we had to pack up all of our computers, all of the camera equipment, everything. So we got done around, I want to say like four or five in the morning. And um, maybe like, no, I think maybe like, yeah, maybe like four or five. And I remember I went back to the room, kind of like packed up. Uh, I laid down for maybe like 10 minutes. And then my, one of my, one of my really good friends, uh, Dan, he, he texted me. It was like, yeah, Yo, you want to just get breakfast? And we texted two of our other really good friends. Like the four of us were really close out there. We spent a lot of time together. And uh, the four of us just went and got breakfast at like whatever time. I think they might have opened at six. So we stayed up uh, and then went and got breakfast. Then we basically got on the flight at like seven or eight. 
um, I got back to New Jersey. I remember my girlfriend picked me up and I actually went to her house and uh, I felt bad because I hung out for a while. And then around like three o'clock or something, um, they kept telling me to take a nap. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to like, I'm good. Like, you know, cause I was afraid that I, I wouldn't wake up for a long time. And, and you um, didn't, did you? You didn't get you know, back. I slept till like 9 p.m. from like th- literally 3 to 9. And then I woke up and then, you know, it's like, I can't go back to sleep and all. So, and then yeah, you're I back in the same started. position you were the night before. Exactly, exactly. So it was funny though, man. I remember like getting off because we we were a charter too. So it was all like league employees. Just like that, that was pure bliss, I think, for everyone. Like while we were happy to be there, knowing that we were done and that things went smoothly, it was kind of like it for the first time you were able to take a sigh of relief that like yeah. we're back in New Jersey, this is over. Like we did it. And when we got off that plane, it was just like, man, everyone's so happy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's I, it's oh, so happy sense of relief. Probably the whole, yeah. everything, every emotion was exactly. probably going through everyone's body at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's phenomenal about how, how successful the bubble was, even be able to crown a champion. And you guys were, the NBA was really the pedestal to set up yeah. how everything was going. I know, I know the MLS was there at the same time. Was, was there any coordination there seeing how, how, how did that work? Did, were there like separate hotels all over for each? Oh, team? truth be told, if, if, if I didn't know it from the news, I would have no idea they were even down there. Like really? We were so, they were, we were, they, so they so were that, they were that, like, it was that. Oh yeah, man. There? We were, and like the rules were so tight for us, like, cause obviously we have to do what we have to do to get it done. So like no leaving campus whatsoever, mm-hmm. you know, like we had everything marked out. Like they made it clear, like if you're approaching an area that's not where you're supposed to be, uh, you'll know pretty quickly. And so, yeah, man, I would have no idea. Like, honestly, wow. If this was, uh, you know, like if it wasn't for the news and all, like I would truly have no shout idea. Out to, shout out to ESPN Worldwide Sports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Really, though, that's 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 actually incredible that that you could they were se- you guys were separated by that large of a margin, basically oh, yeah. having it all sanctioned out. So kudos to them. Yeah. I want to transition now to this year a little bit, Anthony. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of postponements going on, especially the last couple of weeks. What what are your thoughts? Do you, do you think a bubble's necessary for the at least for the playoffs again this year? I know, I don't know if you can even comment on it, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, um, would you do you think that playing in their home arena is still going to be the best option, or do you think a bubble's potentially still in the cards? Yeah, I mean, my personal opinion is that I hate to you know say this, but really, I I really really believe in Adam, uh, like Adam Silver. I think he's one of the most brilliant minds like in the world, not just in sports. So to me, um, I'm kind of in a boat where if he feels strongly about one way, it's almost like, damn, I feel like I should probably feel that way too, because this guy, you're you're just on his board, whatever he, exactly. Like whatever he thinks. And like, you know, it's tough right now. And I I think he says, he said publicly that like they knew there was going to be spikes. Like they knew this was going to happen. And I believe they did. Like, I think, um, like, you kind of have to roll with the punches and hopefully we get to a point where it kind of balances out and, uh, like, we can keep being in arenas. But I wouldn't be surprised if if a bubble was, like, the playoff situation. I just don't know because a lot of players, I think, like you probably saw what LeBron said, like he had, uh, I don't know what he said, but PTSD, PTSD from going into that situation. I, so. Well, I feel like a lot of people ended up having it that, 
they just didn't yeah. come out like Paul George or Dwight Howard blatantly yeah. did. So yeah, yeah, and I think I, I think players for the most part don't want to be away from their families, and they'd rather be in their home markets. And it's tough, man. I get it. Like being away from your family is not easy for for anyone, really. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I truly, I just don't know. No one, you know, like COVID could. Every day it's something new. Um, and so right now it's just fingers crossed we can finish the season and things get better in the world. So, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. What I want to get your overall impression of the te- of the season right now. What what has been? What teams have caught your eye really well? Like what teams do you think are gonna potentially sneak in that you didn't think were gonna be in last year? What yeah, teams have caught your eye? <laughs> so I mean, you probably know I'm a. Actually, I should show you this. So. By nature, I know you're a sixer. I know, I know. <laughs> How heartbroken were you that Harden didn't come? You know, it would have been nice. Like Harden's a talent, no matter what. Um, personally, I'm on the side of I like our young core. Uh, like I love Ben Simmons. I think he's phenomenal. I think to me, I know a lot of people get on him not having a jump shot, whether or not he works on it. People question, but I look at a guy who. I don't even know how old he is now. Maybe like 24, 25, whatever. He's, yeah, he's still young. young still very young. This guy is young. He's close to perfect at everything on the court, except for one thing, which he's not very good at. But how many 24-year-old, 25-year-old guys, like, have it all together? And, like, frankly, what this guy gives you on defense and, like, his IQ and his handles and what he does in transition. And, like, it's just, to me, I think you can develop a jump shot, but you can't really – you can't take a 6'11 guy and turn him into a point guard like that. Um, obviously, like Giannis is is on that level of like a point forward. I mean, even like Blake Griffin's kind of slotted over and like has brought the ball and run the offense a good amount. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool uh, for my Sixers to go deep. If that happens. I don't know. I love watching Kevin Durant. Like he's he's just like, in my opinion, he's probably he's definitely the best scorer I, I've seen. Um, and I love Kobe. Like. But Kevin Durant, I mean, that guy is just like in He's person. He's got all the tools, the height, the jump shot. There's yeah, no, it doesn't even make sense. Like the post game, it's ridiculous. I yeah. mean, as you know, I'm a warrior. I was a Warriors guy. Like having yeah. – and like I was a part of that big three. And now in my in my particular opinion, they have a way better big three than they ever – than yeah. we ever did. So Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, it's funny. So one of the games I worked this year was actually opening night, Golden State at Brooklyn. Uh, so I saw Steph. Yeah, so that was wrap, wrap this story up quick, right? <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. But I love Steph Curry too. I think Steph is man, he's he's one of like my favorite players. But seeing Kevin Durant in person, it's just like it's just different, man. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, like De'Aaron Fox. I saw he put a 43 the other night. Like, I like him a I lot. Did, I did watch him uh, the other yeah. night. He was spectacular. I like him a lot. Um, I mean, what about you? Who are some guys that you're I mean, what for me, I'm on the Atlanta Hawks trying to sneak nice. in, into the Eastern Try Conference. John, I really, yeah. I mean, they're, that team is extremely young. Like, when yeah. I mean young, like, they're young, young. Like, they're younger yeah. than us. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's how young that squad is. So, I mean, I think they're going to sneak in this year. They might not – I don't think they'll make a run, of course. But, like, right. I think they'll raise some eyebrows with just, like, they, they know how to put the ball in the basket. Defensively, Absolutely. they're a huge liability, but yeah. that's that's a lot of teams, especially in the regular season. So. Yeah, 
They're fun I do to watch. I like the Hawks a lot. Nice. I like Especially that. I, uh, the East. I, I, I just love watching Trey Young and like yeah. Cam Reddish, if he can figure it out. Like I thought him at Duke, they just, they, it didn't blend right with Barrett and right. Zion. Right. And then out of the West, like again, the Pelicans, I think they're going to make nice. some noise. I think I like the, the Pelicans a lot. Yeah. The Pelicans. I'm, and I'm interested to see if the Grizzlies can hold their own this year. Yeah, I know. Morant's already been down. Jaron Jackson hasn't even really played at all yet. So, Jaws phenomenal, man. He's actually another. It's funny. That's another game I worked when he came to Brooklyn. The game unfortunately got hurt. Um, I was working that, and like he's just. I mean, even in warmups, man. Like that guy is just a freak athlete. Like he floats, man. But I also should have said I. I absolutely love uh, Luca. Like in Dallas, they're just like. To me, if Anthony Pacifico is watching right now, he is, he's, 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 his mouth's a little dripping right now. That's how much Luca Luca guy. Yo, his pace of play, man, is just different. Like that guy can take the greatest athlete in the world and make him play at the speed he wants to play at. Like he, he literally plays in slow motion. That's how scary. It's unbelievable, man. Like he, like seeing him in person, it's just like he's such a, he's such a floor general. Like he, he gets to the spots that he wants to, like he does whatever he wants with the basketball. And like, it's funny. You mentioned slow motion, Kyle Anderson, shout out New Jersey. I saw him in Memphis the other day. And uh, I was just like, wow, he really does move slow. Like he, I see why they call him slow. mo. Like he is like that in person. Um, Yeah. Yeah, man. I I absolutely love Luca. He's just one guy that like, he just has it, man. Like even that buzzer beater versus uh, the Clippers in the playoffs last year. Like, I remember watching that on a busted wheel too, and by yeah. himself. He just has it, man. He truly has it. <laughs> yeah, he'll be. He's gonna definite MVP within the next five yeah. years, not yeah. without a question. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so, Anthony, before I let you go, I gotta ask you, um, what what has been the best project that you've been able to work on for the NBA outside mm-hmm. of the bubble? What was the best project that you were able to work on? That's tough, man. I feel like so it's been cool. Like I love my role because I've gotten to do so many different things, like whether it's the cover testing or there's just like so many different things that I've got to see that I never really would have like even thought of. Um, we'll say something I really enjoyed doing was having, well, I loved when I was doing like film work and um, I would help. You've probably seen hardwood classics um, or like know what they are growing up. Every kid watches them. So yeah. I would help basically watch old games and I'd be tracking, like, say there's like 13 seconds missing in the third quarter. I'd write that down and then I'd watch the fourth quarter of the game or whatever. So it might be like the 1970s, like Philadelphia Sixers finals game, whatever. And so I'd watch it and look for holes in it so that they could then, if it's a full game, they could then go and like master it so that it becomes a hardwood classic. Um, then it kind of came full circle when I started working on a sheet helping to track what classic games we have and like which ones we're using and all this different stuff, like down to like notable performers of that game so that like a person can go in the sheet and search for all of the best Julius Irving games. Then you can see all the different fields. Like he scored 30 of this game. He had a triple double, like what was special about it? So overall, I really enjoy working with like the classic games uh, because growing up, like, I love watching that stuff, man. Like yeah. it is the best. Um, and now it's kind of funny. Like you said, we're getting old, man. Like the, 
They have games from 2006, classic games now, uh, that Dwayne Wade Mavericks. Yeah, the Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's birthday was this past week, and we were all, uh, they were showing all of his clips. I was like, I remember yeah. that, like the back of my head. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So that was probably my favorite, like my favorite thing that I've worked on. Um, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. No. And was going into sports always what you wanted to do, or did you? Yeah, man. Did it yeah, end up like, transferring like <laughs> so forth through college and so forth? Because I know yeah, no. we worked together a little bit in college and seen all the stuff, so. For sure, man. I mean, I always wanted to get in basketball. Like, that was kind of my, like, my dream from, I mean, it's funny. Like, when I was in high school, uh, actually, I haven't always wanted to be in sports. I lied. When I was a junior, junior, yeah, up until my junior year in high school, my plan, I wanted to be a math teacher. Uh, believe it or really? Not. I, I wanted to be a math teacher. Um, and... My senior year, I hope Mr. McDonald's not watching this, but, but my, my senior year, math, um, he would say the same thing. Like, I took AP Calc, and I absolutely hated it. Like, I was – I could go get my mom, and she'll tell you. Like, I, I hated it. Like, the, the classroom was so hot. Don't like, worry, you're not asleep. alone. I hated AP Calc, too. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just hated it, man. Like, I hated walking in that class, and uh, it made me, like, really not like math anymore. And I – so basically then I turned to what I knew best and like growing up, I loved basketball. I love soccer. I just love sports. So um, I went to Seton Hall and basically I was all in trying to like work in basketball. So then I like ultimately found a way to becoming a manager. And then like one thing led to another. And, uh, but from, from that moment, basically when I gave up on the math dreams, uh, I knew I wanted to work in sports. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I was kind of just like, yo, I'll do anything. Like I would, at that time, I would have sold concessions just to be in the arena, you know. Yeah. Um, and then as I went through college, I kind of figured out more like what I like, but I don't like the different areas in sports. And so now I'm really liking like the Google Sheets, like project management, um, like making sure things go smoothly, uh, like data kind of stuff. So I'm hoping, hoping it keeps going, you know. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Well, Anthony, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your uh, Monday evening to come on to Final Whistle and chat with me for a little bit. It was a pleasure to see you again and catch up. Hey, thanks, man. Same to you, Blaine. Always is, man. The Final Whistle, baby. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up our special edition of Final Whistle. You know to always find uh, our podcast episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. You can find them on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and more. Have a good night, everyone. Enjoy your week.